0: Welcome to A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends. We share good news and godly wisdom to empower you to be salt and light in every season of life. In this episode, Doug shares a timely word for us as we enter into the year 2022. It's time to possess the land. And remember, God has called you to make a difference. Doug explains how to cross over the Jordan to possess the promises that God has given you. He reminds us that there is destiny in each of us, no matter what the world says. After this episode, check out our show notes on your favorite streaming platform and visit Podcast.org. There you can download a free 30-day devotional that will encourage you to draw closer to the Lord. If you gleaned anything from this podcast, consider paying it forward with a gift at somebodycares.org. Now let's join our host, Doug Stringer. As we come to the closure of 2021, And moving into 2022, many of us look at the future with some element of pondering, uncertainties, still going through challenges. It's really been a pretty challenging last couple of years with so many things going on in our nation. Of course, around the world and everything exasperated by the global pandemic and so many other things have been happening. Oftentimes, what I try to do is, first of all, look at the past and kind of sense what the Lord has been speaking to me, even in seasons past and begin to go back and look at old notes and resolutions and topical things that God has been speaking that I look back on to give me kind of some bearing of where I'm going. Because sometimes to know where we're going is to hold on to the promises God has already given us and to give us some sense of direction in the midst of our uncertainties, in the midst of our challenges, in the midst of obstacles, in the midst of disappointments. It helps us to stake the course And, you know, one of the things I really sense we're coming into, at least for me personally and for those that we relate to, and I believe this is a a larger message or context for the body of Christ as a whole, it's time to possess the land. I know it sounds crazy with all that we've been through, but I believe we're coming into a season not time just to cross the Jordan River because we've left the past, we've gone through a wilderness season, but it's time not just to cross the Jordan, but it's time to possess the land across the Jordan. Now, I'll get into that in a moment of what I'm sensing the Lord's saying, but I'd like to reflect back a little bit on the last few years of some things that I felt like the Lord spoke for the body of Christ in a larger context, but also to me personally. I remember at the end of 2019, I really sensed the Lord was saying, and I did share this in articles and podcasts and other things, that I felt like that as we left 2019 Everybody has different cliches, you know, we're coming into 2020, the year of 2020 vision. And I get all that. And and these kinds of statements and comments and cliches are great to hold on to. But I really sense for me, it wasn't a coming into a new year. In fact, I wrote about that it was coming not just to a new year, but a new season That we were to see what we're coming into as a new season and a new era, a new time, a new different season of life. And as I look back now, how true that was, that, that sense that I was having for me personally, but also in a larger context, that we were just coming into 2020. It wasn't just about 2020 vision and all the other statements that we saw It was definitely a very challenging time as we began to enter into the challenges of the global pandemic and COVID and so many other things that also came out of that season, the tensions, the angers, the frustrations, the divisiveness, things that were, you know, pressure magnifies. And so under pressure, things begin to come to the surface. And we began to see so many things, divisiveness and political polarization, people that were having tensions with one another, racial division political division, even division in the church, which to me is more dangerous than anything because... How can a nation stand if it's divided? Well, we're looking at the context, how can a people, the church, impact a nation or a culture or the generation if the church is divided? So I felt like it was important for us to be a people of discernment. In fact, I shared that in 2019, that we are coming into a season that we need to have the wisdom of Solomon. We need to have discernment like never before, because we're coming into a very challenging time. We are called to walk together in the wisdom of the Lord, like King Solomon. When he had the example of the two women who came to him claiming to be a certain baby's mother, God gave him the wisdom and discernment to know which of the women truly loved and wanted what was best for the child. He could hear beyond their mere words, and he could see and understand the discerning of the heart. And as the church, we need a new level of that same kind of wisdom. Regardless of our personal preferences, regardless of our political persuasions, regardless of our backgrounds, we're coming into a season, I said, in 2019, going into 2020, where we need to hear the voice of the Father more than ever before. We need prophetic clarity and wisdom. You see, we didn't just enter into a new year. We did enter in a whole new season, a new era, a whole new part of life that will never go back to the same as it was before. Just like during 9-11, things never really went back to normal. It didn't go back to what it was. We had to live under a new context. And likewise today, we are living in a new season, a new era, a new context of life that it'll never will be the same or what we wanted it to be like it was just two or three years ago. Interestingly, one of the other things I said at the end of 2019 going into 2020 is that in the midst of of potential difficulties and challenges and things that can end up dividing us. We can still walk in authentic unity, even in our diversity. You see, unity is found in something bigger than ourselves, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. We have more in common through the work of the cross than we do in the things that divide us. In fact, in 2020, I began to revisit getting back to the basics. And in fact, I wrote an article and began to teach on some podcasts of the importance of the centrality of the cross. You see, when we cross our racial, denominational, generational lines, that can only be possible in authentic unity because we're part of something bigger than ourselves. And it's because of the work of the cross and the power of the resurrection, the centrality of the cross, that we can together be Christ-centric so that we are not divided, but those things that we can be appreciative of about our culture, our background, but we bring it to the cross of Christ, we bring it to the Lordship of Jesus Christ so that in Him we can become that corporate one new man, that true authentic unity that comes out of worship in the presence of a holy, holy, holy God. A couple of other thoughts that I had at the end of 2019 going into 2020 was this, that there is a destiny in each and every one of us, no matter what the world says, no matter what the world tries to do to divide and conquer us. Remember that we all have a deep well to draw from because it comes from a water source that never ceases. It comes from the rivers of life and brings healing everywhere it goes in and through us. But to do so We need to see the light. We need to know the light. We need to share the light of Christ. We need to be a light in a world that desperately needs to know about our Lord. And we need that gift of discernment I talked about. We need sensitivity to the Holy Spirit's leading in the midst of very difficult, challenging, maneuvering times. Yes, the horses are saddled, but who will ride them? If we will go, he will come. It's time for us to be set apart as a sanctified, sacrificial, serving, and set forth church. Yes, God is about to do something only he can do. Wow, did we go through that in 2020 and 2021? That God has been able to still sustain the church and sustain us in the midst of the most difficult of times. So as we enter into this next season, even going into 2022, may we be not weighted down with the dwelling of the past on what could have been or should have been. It's time again for us to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. So let us fix our eyes on a vision of destination and a vision of hope. See, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, May we see with our eyes and experience all that we have been believing for, an awakening in the church and a revival in the land and in our generation. But to do so, we also have to have a step of faith to hear the voice of God. It's time to cast out from the shore, take steps of faith and trust, launch out into the deep, I said in 2019, going into 2020. I said, it's time to cast off and launch out into the deep. It's time to step into deeper levels of trust in the Lord. Why wow, do we have to do that? And a new, deeper level of consecration with higher expectations in the Lord, even in what we're going through. See, when we step out in faith and trust, God will do what only He can do. I also came across a couple of my posts from New Year's Eve 2011 and New Year's Eve 2012 that continues to be a reminder to me and resonates with me that God has been trying to speak to us for quite some time. In fact, every one of us have these New Year's perspectives or resolutions every year. But regardless of what we've been through, remember, you cannot change the past, but the choices you make each day defines your future. The Bible says in Hebrews 11, verse 1, "...now faith is the substance of things hoped for, and yet the evidence of things not yet seen." Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for and convinced of what we do not see, Hebrews 11.1 1 in the net version of the Bible. See, we need to keep our vision of hope to fix our eyes on the Lord, the author and finisher of our faith, Hebrews 12, 2. And then I said, our hope is in the Lord, not in man. May we draw deep from the well that never runs dry because it comes from the water source that never ceases. The river of God is ever flowing from the mercy seat and the throne of grace to bring healing and harvest everywhere it goes for for us and through us. Now, this was back in 2011 and 2012. And then entering into 2013, I shared the need for it to be a season and a year of renewed covenants to honoring God, restoring the altar of authentic worship. If there is to be a lasting renewal and revival, see, I've been reflecting on Ezekiel one and two, and Jeremiah thirty-three one, Samuel chapter one through chapter three, Isaiah chapter six, Malachi chapter one and chapter two, Matthew chapter twenty-eight, and Second Chronicles five, and others scriptures that are similar. These are scriptures I was pondering over and over again back in 2013. So I believe that when we're entering into 2022, we need it greater than ever before. Again, we must keep our vision of hope. Don't let discouragements or disappointments keep us from our intended destination. Remember, you cannot change the past. But the choices we make each day define our future. Let's press on. It's time to possess the land. Again, it's not just time to cross the Jordan, as I've shared over the last 40 years. I believe it's time for us to to literally cross over, possess the land, even if the giants look bigger than we can even comprehend. Even the circumstances look impossible. God is still bigger than the giants, and He's still bigger than all the circumstances or things that, and obstacles that be, could be in the way of your life. You see, when we're confronted with unexpected detours in life, there are some uncommon and uncompromising men and women who will arise in greatness for the moment. There are moments that come When we have an opportunity to step into greatness, it takes courage and the willingness to step into something greater than ourselves. Change comes by choice, circumstance, or consequence. In all our New Year's resolutions and soul-searching, may we experience a heart awakening for personal and corporate transformation and change. In the beginning of January 2013, I wrote... Around this time of year, we hear all about resolutions. As people look forward to the future, they want to resolve or or have meaning to, to come to a firm decision to change things for the better. Most resolutions people make for a new year have to do with getting back to basics. Whether it's their diet, their health, habits, or relationships, people aim to cut out the bad things that have crept in over time and get back to the simple, unadulterated basics. Many years ago in the mid 90s, I did a teaching entitled Back to the Basics. This teaching was the result of an entire month spending fasting and praying with the Lord. For one month, I didn't go into the office and for the most part stayed inside the house while I fasted and sought the Lord. The result of this time and focus was a desire to get back to the basics, realizing we need to get back to the fundamentals. I recently read the transcription for this teaching and was reminded of the importance of restoring our foundations and restoring the altar of repentance, worship, and simple obedience. What will it take for the people of God to have an authentic personal and corporate revival? In fact, in my book, Leadership Awakening, I published a couple of years back, I talk about the importance of getting back to the fundamentals, to the foundations. In fact, 1 Corinthians tells us that if you want to have anything last then we need to get back to building on the foundations of Christ. And and we're trying to build on faulty foundations. We're trying to build on man structures or institutional structures. We need to get back to the foundations of Christ if the church is going to make a difference in the days in which we live, if it's going to make a difference in our generation. Something else I wrote in January of 2013 was, the book of Malachi also carries the theme of revival basics. At the end of Malachi in chapter 4, We're given a preview of what God will do before the great and terrible day of the Lord. Behold, I'm going to send you Elijah the prophet, and he will restore the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, so that I will not come and smite the land with a curse. We are also told that for the righteous... The day that brings down the arrogant and the wicked will be a day in which the Son of Righteousness will arise with healing in its wings, and you will go forth and skip about like calves from the stall. I long to see the day when revival fire restores the hearts of the fathers to the children, the children of the fathers, and when the sons and daughters of God are released from their restraints with the healing power of God. What a great and glorious day that will be! I believe that part of getting back to the basics and preparing for the coming of the Lord is first by returning to a love relationship with the Lord, by showering honor to our Heavenly Father, by giving God His due respect and the best of our time, our belongings, our efforts, and by dealing rightly with those in both our spiritual and natural family, it prepares us for the outpouring that lies ahead. By allowing the Lord to remove the impurities that have crept into our lives over time, we can be ready for His coming. Malachi 3, verse 2 through 4 says, But who can endure the day of His coming, and who can stand when He appears? For He is like a refiner's fire, and like a fuller's soap. He will sit as a smelter and purifier of silver, and He will purify the sons of Levi, and refine them like gold and silver, so that they may present to the Lord offerings in righteousness. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord as in the days of old, and as in former years you see there is a purging fire and a cleansing we must yield to in order to become once again a pleasing sacrifice to the lord romans tells us we offer ourselves living sacrifices holy and acceptable unto the lord which is our reasonable service at least we can do for what he's already done for us we must resolve in other words coming to a firm decision to get back to the basics we must resolve to love god first to honor him to give him our best and to do right by others Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord in Malachi chapter 3 verse 7. For over a decade, I've been writing articles and jotting notes down for myself on the importance of restoring the altar of authentic worship. And also writing down and writing about the importance of attracting the presence of God. In fact, at the end of 2017, going into 2018, I wrote, I have no official New Year's resolution just the resolve and the desire by God's grace to continue to seek the Lord's will for my life. I desire that He would be glorified in all that I do, all that I say, and all that I think, in action, word, gesture, and in heart. And then I wrote down, Lord, show me your ways that I may know you and make you known. Let your light and light shine in and through me that others may see you, even through my humanity and my frailties and shortcomings. Lord, teach me, instruct me, guide and lead me by your wisdom, your loving kindness, your mercy, and your grace. Yes, teach me, give me understanding, incline my heart, turn my eyes from worthless things, revive me, establish your word. In fact, Psalm 119 verse 33 and 34 and verse 36 through 38 says, teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I will keep it to the end. Give me understanding, and I shall keep your law. Indeed, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Incline my heart to or cause me to long for your testimonies and not to covetousness. Turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things. Revive me in your way, O God. Establish your word to your servant, who is devoted in fearing and reverencing, honoring and respecting you. Yes, teach me, give me understanding, incline my heart, turn my eyes from worthless things, revive me, establish your word in my heart. In Psalm 119, verse 26, he reminds me as I pray out, teach me your statutes. In verse 27, make me understand the way of your precepts. Verse 29, remove from me the way of lying and grant me your law graciously. In verse 32, it says, I will run the course of your commandments, for you shall enlarge my heart. That's Psalm 119, verse 32. I'm asking for that spiritually and physically. In Psalm 119, verse 33 through 40, it says, Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I shall keep it to the end. In verse 34, Give me understanding, and I shall keep your law. Indeed, I shall observe it with my whole heart. In verse 35, make me walk in the path of your commandments for I delight in it. In verse 36, God inclined my heart to or cause me to long for your testimonies and not to covetousness. And in verse 37 again, turn away from my eyes from looking at worthless things and revive me in your way. And I love this in verse 38, establish your word to your servant, who is devoted to fearing or reverencing, honoring, and respecting you. And in verse 39, turn away my reproach, which I dread, for your judgments are good. Or in other words, your precepts, God, are good. Oh, yes, Lord, do a work in us. Do a work in us that you might do a work through us. And then as we were entering into 2018, I wrote down this, that change and transitions are in the air. I put down a time for reflection Regrouping, repositioning, readjustments, realignments, recalibration, resting, and refreshing in His presence. If we're to finish well in life, we should consider the importance of balancing work, leisure, and play for our spiritual, physical, and emotional health. The season we're coming into, I said we need to make sure we stay close to our moorings and connections. We must stay close and connected and stay under the covering of the Lord. In fact, I was reminded of staying under covering in the doorpost during Moses' time. And I was reminded of that again when COVID came out in 2020, that it was important for us to stay under the covering of the Lord and not allow the external pressures and situations and stressors and other voices dictate to us who we are. But we need to stay under the covering of the Lord. You see, we must be intentional and get back to those basics we talked about earlier if we're going to have refreshing in His presence. And then in the beginning of 2018, I again said, in this coming season, we need to make sure that we restore the altar of worship, get back to finding the woe and the wow and the get up and go of God. To be in His presence, we get refreshed, refocused, and refired to get up and go. May we be reminded as we leave the past and move to the future that God is faithful and that His word would come true over you and your family. In other words, that His promises and his purposes for you would come true and his kingdom comes in your life your family and for us corporally as his church sometimes we all need to pause take a deep breath pull aside to get our focus it's amazing how much better we can see when we take a moment to pull away and to refocus there are already far too many external stressors and spiritual noise pollutions that can become distractions in our lives and keep us from our ultimate destination that God has for us The world around us gets clouded at times. We need spiritual clarity and Holy Spirit headlights to get us through the current fog. So as we continue to reflect on the past season and yet seek the Lord for wisdom and direction for the coming season, may we stay anchored in what is most important. I came across a quote of mine from 2011. I wrote down, It's time for a soul-searching and corporate heart awakening for revival in the nation. And then I said, is better to have a heart awakening than a rude awakening. Ouch. What a reminder to me, even personally, if we're going to have corporate revival and corporate anointing of God's presence, it starts with us individually and personally first. We so need God's manifest presence in our nation and in our generation and around the world. To borrow from Psalm 27 and some of the verses, it says, hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me When you said, Seek my face, my heart said to you, Your face, Lord, I will seek. Teach me your way, O Lord. Lead me in a smooth path. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and He shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. You see, we need a revival of character. From pulpits to political offices, from preachers and politicians, and all in between— What we need are those who live for a cause greater than themselves, who live by conviction rather than personal preferences, who love the people they're called to serve more than they love themselves and their own self-serving agendas. So as we enter into 2022, we need to be a people who are strong and courageous. Joshua chapter 1 verse 6 through 9 says, Be strong and of good courage. that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Wow, be strong and courageous. See, Joshua heard that message again and again as he and the children of Israel camped on the western bank of the Jordan. He had been there 40 years earlier, and at that time he and Caleb had stood with courage when the rest of the Israelites towered in fear. God was reminding him and all those with him not to shrink back, not to go back to where they were. It was time for courage to possess the land. I believe God is speaking these same words to the church today. Be strong and courageous. It's time for us to lay hold of the promises that God has already spoken. It's time for us to get up and go. It's time to be of good courage and to know that God has us ready to move on beyond where we are right now. As we enter into this next season, as we enter into 2022, I know the last couple of years have been so challenging and so disheartening in many ways. And it's been so many things that can distract us from our destination. But notice that God reminds us in the midst of all of that, be strong and courageous. You see, courage was required to possess the land, but so were righteousness and being in right relationship with God and with one another. In a future podcast, I'll unpack more about this message I've been pondering in my heart, and it's been really ruminating in my spirit about it's time to possess the promise or possess the land. But I just want to remind you, even as you're entering into 2022 in this next season of your life, no matter where you've come from, God can't change the past but He can change the future by the way that we live each day. It is time to possess the promises of God. So I encourage you, don't just stand on the river bank; Don't stay on the Transjordan side of the river. It's time to cross over. It's time to possess the land. God has spoken to the church and to each of us individually. Don't live your life grieving what could have been. Don't live your life in regret. Don't live your life saying, if I'd only done that, if only I was younger, We can't change the past, as I said, but the decisions we make each day determines our future. Regardless of how old you are, regardless of the things of your past, God wants us to possess the land of promise that He's given to each of us to possess. I remember many, many years ago being in Leonard Ravenhill's home. As he was praying over me, he began to weep. He said, I'm up in my years now, but I've been praying and believing for a generation to rise up who would carry the mantle of revival. See, I do the same thing today in my older years. I'm encouraged to see that there are young men and women of God stepping up from this generation who are uncompromising, and they put their hope in God, and they're teaching the next generation to put their hope in God. Yes, be strong and of courage. This is our moment. Remember the promises of God. Cross over the Jordan. Possess the land and know that God is bigger than any obstacle, any giant, any distraction, anything that's in the way. This is your moment, no matter what you're going through. This is your time. Maybe you've been surviving on the crumbs, or maybe you've been overlooked in some way. It doesn't matter, because God sees and God knows. Go and do what God has called you to be. Continue to impact your city, your state, your nation, your generation. Go and be who God's called you to be, because the occasion is demanding it now. Do as the occasion demands. What is God putting in your heart to do? It's time. It's time not just to cross the Jordan. It's time to possess the land of promise. In the familiar parable of the Good Samaritan, Jesus tells the whole story, but I love his final words. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, he who showed mercy on him. And Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. Behold, look up. It's time to get your eyes off where you've been. Look up and see that it's time to possess the land of God's promises in your life. Look up see the harvest is ripe, cross over. It's time to possess God's promises in your life, to increase the impact of ministry God is calling you to do, and be a part of something bigger than yourself. It's time to be a part of helping to expand the net. Jesus is saying, cast on the other side. In other words, you've been doing it a certain way, but it's not working. Cast on the other side. And then When the net begins to rip open, God is going to bring partnerships together and finally be strong and courageous because God is with us. Yes, the last season has been very challenging for every one of us and in a corporate way around the world. But if we'll go back to look at the landmarks, to go back and reflect on the promises of God, the Word of God, and the things He's spoken to you already, then He can give us a focus beyond the fog, beyond the circumstances, beyond the challenges, beyond our wilderness journeys to give us a sense of purpose and vision and destiny for the future. Now, I'm quite cognizant of the fact that there are realities of life in the last couple of years, that many of us have suffered personal loss of friends, loved ones. There's been personal challenges, financial challenges. We've seen so many things happening on the daily news that break our hearts. Those are real things happening, but don't forget to keep a perspective. The perspective is to keep our eyes on the Lord. And the fact is, a God is a God that keeps his promises. We have an eternity before us. As Leonard Ravenhill used to write to me and say to me, Doug, let others live on the raw edge or the cutting edge. You and I should live on the edge of eternity. Look, I can't change circumstances and situations around me, but I can do this. I can live each moment of every day to look to the future with a future of hope and knowing that God's word is true, that He has a future of good and a future of hope and not of evil for me. I have a promise of eternity. I want to live every day to bring glory and honor to my Lord. In fact, every morning, one of my prayers is, Lord, be glorified in all that I do, say, and think. God, give me a right spirit, a clean heart, a sharp, stable, sound mind. Yes, there's so many things I don't understand in my human frailty, but I know if I have a posture of humility before God with my expectation in the Lord that there's nothing too difficult for Him. You see, I can't change circumstances that have already happened. I can't live in the place of regret or the pains or the sufferings or the challenges of the past. I can't even live on the good things and the laurels of the past. Those are landmarks along the way, but I can do this every day. I can put my hope in God and then teach the next generation to put their hope in God. The Lord is still Lord. He's still the creator of the heavens and the earth, and He's still the one that's calling upon a people to be of courage and to be strong, that we might be able to look up and see the fields are ripe and white unto harvest, In the midst of the most difficult of circumstances and seasons throughout church history, there has been an expansion of the kingdom of God. We see during times of poverty, the church still grows. In the times of persecution, the church continues to grow. In the times of challenges, the church continues to grow because, in the place of humility and the posture before God on our knees, God is able to take a humble people and take a people he can give confidence to to get up and go and make a difference. I know God's called you to be strong and courageous, and I know God has called you to make a difference. Let's enter into this next season. It's next year, 2022. With an expectation in God, possess the land that God has given you. Don't just live in the past. We hope you enjoyed this episode of A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends, and ask you to prayerfully consider supporting the ministry at somebodycares.org, or by texting your donation amount to 805-422-7348. Please join us again for A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and friends.